Welcome to Balance 365 Life Radio, a podcast that delivers honest conversations about food, fitness, weight, and wellness. I'm your host, Annie Breeze, along with Jennifer Campbell and Lauren Kosky. We are personal trainers, nutritionists, and founders of Balance 365. Together, we coach thousands of women each day and are on a mission to help them feel healthy, happy, and confident in their bodies on their own terms. Join us here every week as we discuss hot topics pertaining to our physical, mental, and emotional well-being with amazing guests. Enjoy. The comfort food season is upon us. With fall and winter come a bevy of stereotypical comfort foods. Warm soups, casseroles, and fresh baked goodies are gracing menus everywhere. But is there truth behind comfort foods? Do they in fact provide comfort, soothe us, or lift our spirits when we're down? Or is this simply a justification to eat the foods that we have declared as indulgent or bad? On today's episode of Balance 365 Life Radio, Lauren, Jen, and I explore the science behind comfort foods, scratch the surface on emotional eating, and offer strategies to help you dive deeper into exploring alternatives to frequent emotional overeating. Enjoy. Lauren and Jen, we're back with another juicy topic, or should I say Mm -hmm. soothing topic? (laughs) (laughs) Comforting topic, maybe? Comforting topic? Yeah, we are talking about comfort foods today. First of all, Jen, how are you? Good. How are you? I am great. It's kind of warm here. It's unseasonably warm here, so it's nice. As to my kids are still wearing shorts, which is crazy for Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren, how about you? Well, no, it's not warm here. It's like 50. Oh. Well, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's, it's The sun looks like it's shining. Yes, the sun is shining today, which is nice. Not that we would I know. I love <laughs> fall. I love warm falls. I love, like, this is my favorite season ever to be outside and just, yeah, just, like, crisp and fresh and you don't get all sweaty. And, yeah. <laughs> Except the wind. The wind and lip gloss just don't mix. You got to wear the matte. No, too dry. Matt color. <laughs> too dry. Too dry. <laughs> we haven't had any we haven't had any wind really. We've had a such a good fall. Oh, yeah. nice. So we'll all just move to Canada. Yeah. Yeah, what we're saying. Um, Okay, so we are talking, speaking of fall, about comfort foods because comfort foods, it's like the season of comfort foods, right? We've got like warm soups for fall and um, like more hearty meals, especially around Thanksgiving and holiday. A lot of the foods that we are enjoying can feel like comfort foods. And what qualifies as a comfort food is really relative from person to person. Um, And what we want to talk about today, is there science behind comfort foods or is it just an excuse to justify indulging in favorite foods? But first I want to know, Lauren, do you do you have what you would say a comfort food is? Um I don't have a specific food. I'd say more like sweets. Oh really? Sweet carby chocolatey foods. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I go to when I need to feel better. That's got it. Okay. Jen, what about you? Um, I think more savory like I think of like a hot bowl of soup with some crackers and cheese and yeah something that like my I would get fed as a child when I was sick maybe well, I guess I'll add mac and cheese would also you be a cannot food. change your answer <laughs> you just- <laughs> I have many many comfort foods uh I think we all do right yeah yeah and yeah. I would agree I like uh I like warm 
warm and savory would be my go-to, like soups, chili with Fritos, which we discussed on the Halloween podcast. (laughs) Um, So, okay. So is there truth behind comfort foods? And actually, uh, there's research to support both, that it is fact and it is also fiction. And it kind of depends on what study you're looking at and uh, who they're testing and what the habits of those test members are saying. So what we want to do today is just to examine some of the elements that might affect comfort foods and then talk about how to disengage in regularly eating comfort foods if that's something you're interested in, right? Right, because a lot of our balanced 365ers struggle with um, living high-stress lives and reaching for food as their comfort, which ultimately, for these women, what they are telling us is that um, it's kind of a big rock in their lives as far as meeting their health and wellness goals. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and oftentimes this essentially boils down to emotional eating. Or it can boil down to emotional eating. We just um, we call it comfort foods. And again, what's comforting to Jen and Lauren and me might look slightly different. But um, so the first thing I do want to offer is that comfort foods or foods in general that are high in fat or high in sugar can activate the reward center of the brain, which Lauren, I know you've talked about on previous podcasts, correct? Correct. Doesn't uh, mean they're addictive. Right, but they but they can give us like a little reward, so to speak, yeah. like a, a reward reaction. Um, and the first study that I looked at um, was the particip- – this is like thank you to however the participants were in this study. And I know this, the Jen study that she's going to share might feel the same way. But they were first asked to rate their mood and hunger level and how full they felt and then they v- viewed sad images while listening to sad music. And I'm like, gosh, that sounds just terrible. <laughs> um, and they were given a saturated fat solution or a saline solution through a feeding tube. So these people were like all in. They were committed. Yeah. Um, and what they, did this, they didn't even get to taste it. What did it. the saline solution yeah, have to do with anything? It was a placebo. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, um, mm. yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Random. I, it is. Um, and the, the results were that none of the participants knew which infusion they were receiving. So they didn't know if they were getting the fat solution or the saline solution. And then they were given an MRI brain scan and were asked again the same questions about their mood, their hunger level, and how full they were. And the findings showed that the participants who got the fatty acid reported they felt about half as sad as those who received the saline solution. And the areas of the brain that were affected by the motion or mood were shown to be activated in the MRI brain scan. So this study in particular would c- concluded that the stomach somehow communicates with the brain telling it how happy it should be or how sad it is. But Jen, on the contrary, you found something a little bit different, right? Yeah, well, this work is from Tracy Mann, Dr. Tracy Mann, who we talk about a lot on this podcast because I really love her work. And she um, has a book called The Secrets from the Eating Lab, which I would recommend anyone interested to buy it. And she runs this eating lab in Minnesota, and she does all kinds of food psychology testing. And she has a really great study on comfort foods. And she, in her study, she took 100 participants, and um, she did something similar where she 
you know, looked at their mood before the study, showed them a whole bunch of sadness, and then she <laughs> wah, rated wah. their food. Wah, wah. Then she rated their, she had them rate their mood after seeing all this sadness, and everybody was very, very sad. In fact, a couple of them had to be excused from the study because they were so sad. And then they were all given, some of them were given comfort foods, some of them were given foods that they had reported feeling neutral towards, and some of them were given no food. And in the results of this study, um, after uh, the food consumption or the no consumption, if just lay that time pass, everybody's moods were about the same. They had improved about the same amount, whether they had had comfort foods or neutral foods or no food. And her conclusions to this study are that it it doesn't, you don't need comfort food to feel more comfortable. Like you don't need those those things that you think are going to bring that's just like a basically a self-limiting belief right like i believe this will make me feel more comfort but actually in a scientific setting it it actually did not bring more comfort if that makes sense yeah so when i so putting that into my own life if i'm feeling down and i want to have a comfort meal what this study is saying is that if i just wait and have no food or if I have something else to eat, if I wanted to choose to have a salad instead of a some soup and grilled cheese, I would feel the exact same later on, whether I had made any of those choices. So in other words, time can be a comfort. Absolutely. Just letting time pass yeah. can help you. Yeah. Which which makes sense to me as far as processing emotions, right? And and but that just that brings into play the limitations of this study that um that Tracy Mann did and that we don't know the background of the people. Um, we don't know what their habits were before they came into this study. Um, and then that comes back to probably something that Lauren wants to talk about is, is habits. Like when, so I think what Lauren wants to talk about is when emotional eating is already a habit, that might be where you have learned to get your comfort. If emotional eating is not a habit you have, then perhaps that's why then you you know comfort foods maybe don't you. make or break your experience. Yeah. Right. So what Dr. Tracy Mann is saying, she's not food shaming at all. She's saying if you want ice cream, have ice cream. Just don't use, you know, you don't need to use comfort foods foods as some kind of excuse to eat unhealthy. Like just just have the food you want to have and move on. Right. Um, you know what keeps coming to mind is <laughs> Uh, whenever I have a little bit of upset stomach, I don't know if I learned this in pregnancy or w maybe as a child, but I always go back to this, like, maybe if I just eat something, <laughs> I'll feel better. It's like this. I do that sometimes too. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not necessarily hungry. I just have feeling off. And I'm like, mm -hmm. maybe if I, but that's, I, I have to believe that's definitely a learned behavior because it doesn't always soothe whatever it is I'm trying to. Comfort. Yeah, like maybe your parents, when you were sick as a little girl, maybe they would be. Yeah, and I can hear myself yeah. doing it to my kids too. Like, mom, my stomach hurts. I'm like, have you had some crackers? Yeah. <laughs> right. The other thing, though, to remember is that food is comforting, comforting to us from a very young age. Like those of us, when we're babies, whether we're nursed or bottle fed, um, you know, when we're crying, we'll get fed, right? So it's it's not like totally out there to offer people food. You know, we we we're offered food from from the time we're born mm -hmm. to soothe. Yeah. Well, this goes us, right? into 
what Jen told everyone I wanted to talk about and then just said it. <laughs> <laughs> just talked for you. That's what big sisters do, Lauren. Yes. Um, which is that, like, we have a, in Balance 365, we have an emotional eating section. And that's kind of where it all starts, right? Is when we're younger, usually, children at some point, something happens, we get hurt, like, this goes into what Annie was saying too, like our stomachs hurt or we get hurt and someone offers us food and over time that happens over and over and over again and we get that neural pathway um, in our brains that says, okay, whatever the emotion is, hurt, sad, frustrated, whatever it is for you, triggers that want for whatever that food is and then you get the response that, okay, you feel better. And that can become just a learned habit over years and years. And that's basically what emotional eating is, right? So that could look like when a child falls and skins their knee and mom and dad are like, help, you know, pick Have them a up, get a Band-Aid, yeah. go grab some cookies. Right. And then doing that over and over and over creates a neural pathway. Right. It's not like it happens one time and you're an emotional eater, but it happens over years over and over and over again. Repetition. And eventually. Right. And the other, there's a big push right now um, to get treats out of public schools used as rewards in classrooms. So um, it's like, you know, you got whether it's you did well on this exam or this class, you guys are all being good and quiet. So here's everyone gets a sucker at the end of the day, that kind of thing. So it's like, that's another pattern. Like you've been good. Here's some food. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I really enjoy too. We talk a lot um, in our feeding your family part of balance 365 and in the podcast episodes that we've done um, that Alan Satter recommends um, just to do like a treat snack just because sometimes like it's right. not for a reward it's it's just we eat this sometimes and it's fine and it kind right. of takes and that morality out of it too yeah like you don't have to be it doesn't have to be based on your behavior that you get great tasting food right. it's or just, your emotion right yeah so yeah so yeah i think she suggests um for kids that are grappling with this or any families grappling with this just offering a plate of cookies after school for snacks sometimes. Today we're just having cookies. Yeah. We don't have we don't have to balance this out with anything quote unquote healthy. We're just having cookies today. Mm-hmm. And if you want to learn more about that, we do have podcasts on it. But yes. Hi, can I add something? <laughs> <laughs> Lauren and Jen show now. I like kept opening my mouth and nope, you two just were <laughs> which is great. That's I, the story of my life. <laughs> I do want to add though. Um, along those same lines that we can associate specific foods with the people we love. And uh, that's for those reasons, because we uh, make these connections and these associations with like cookies with mom taking care of us or mom being at home after school or she makes me chicken soup when I don't feel well. And and it's not really necessarily about the soup. It's more about like mom taking care of you when you don't feel well mm-hmm. that we associate the f- the soup right. or the like food. a be special recipe. Memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when we feel lonely or we're sad, it's like not totally out of the 
realm of possibility that they're reaching for these foods to feel comfort and security. And um, one study that, and just in researching for this podcast, uh, there was evidence that showed that people with positive family relationships were more likely than others to reach for comforting foods on the days they felt lonely. So they're, I know, like that's just really, which I think is really sweet. You know, I think about Jen's um, on the Halloween podcast a couple weeks ago, how she shared that she makes her chili and garlic bread before Halloween. Like, I don't. Yeah, that's our tradition. Yeah, I don't. My mom makes chili and I wasn't on this podcast, so I (laughs) hear this, but my mom makes chili and grilled ham and cheese sandwiches. Oh, neat. I like garlic bread better. (laughs) yeah i also know if i was sick if i was sick and staying at my grandma's for the day um she always made this soup that nobody knows about nobody eats it's campbell's it's just like campbell's the the brand campbell's beans and bacon soup and it was like our thing my grandma made beans and bacon soup and so when i am sick now i just want a bowl of beans and bacon soup and it has to do with feeling close to my grandma mm-hmm. and feeling cared yeah. for while so I'm sick. It's not about right? the food. It's yeah. about Right. The it's memory. just the memory and the yeah. smell and all that it triggers for me. It triggers comfort, right? Yeah. It's like you've read the outline, Jen, because I was just going to say <laughs> <laughs> that similarly, smells and emotional memory are tied so closely to, um, together. They're so closely connected. And, um, and an interesting fact – Odor-evoked memories tend to be positive, and um, smell has the power to improve our sense of love and connection. So, like, when you smell a smell and you have a memory associated with it, it's usually positive, which I that's been my personal experience, too. Like, you smell – even sometimes a perfume, you know, like, I'll smell someone and it's like, oh, they smell like my mom or they smell – you know, that smells mm-hmm. like my dad or, or that smells – that's my laundry detergent or, or whatever it is, you know, out, even outside of – Food, but that's you know that's why maybe draft. Do you guys love the smell of draft? <laughs> oh, the baby, the baby, the baby <laughs> laundry detergent. Yeah, no, I feel that way about Pampers um, sensitive wipes though, because that's what they oh, gave in the hospital. We use those. Yeah, but as it relates to food, that could be why you go to the state fair and you smell corn dogs, and you're like flooded with all these memories, or donuts, or coffee. You know, the smell of coffee brewing in the morning, or. Um, apple pies in the oven, which don't happen at my house, but it sounds nice. (laughs) Um, And the other thing I want to add, too, is that um, another interesting – this was just one study, but another interesting fact is that there might be a difference between um, males and females when it comes to comfort foods. And this was a 2005 study from Cornell. They surveyed 277 men and women, and they found that females tend to seek comfort in sweet and sugary foods like ice cream, while males prefer savory comfort foods like <laughs> steak and soup. So apparently Jen and I have the, the, the palate of a man. <laughs> um, but the study also found that men tend to use comfort foods as a reward, while women often feel guilty after indulging, which is, huh, something we haven't heard before, huh? Yeah, that's, yeah, sounds like diet culture right there. Right, yeah. for sure. Um, but even if um, we're eating for comfort versus nourishment, like that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like the three of us have shared that we eat for comfort sometimes, not because we're hungry, not because we need calories, not because we need protein or whatever. It's just because like food is good and we have good memories and connections and associations with it. Uh, but there might be listeners that are listening um, who are finding themselves eating for comfort on a regular basis and feel that it's not serving them 
um, positively anymore. So Lauren, this is where I want you to talk. Like what, what is oh. someone, <laughs> I give you permission. <laughs> um, what can someone do? What, what would we suggest in Balance 365 to tackle emotional eating? Well, this is something that's, it's personal to everyone. So there's a lot of different techniques and tools and because everyone's different, right? Different techniques will work for different people for different reasons. So, um, I'll give a couple of the things that um, we recommend. And one is putting a different – so emotion or having a bad day or whatever can be a trigger to want that comfort food. So if you put a different um, trigger where you're likely to see that, um, like on your fridge or on the kitchen counter, you can list a bunch of different activities that you might enjoy. And it's right there right when you get that trigger – so it just causes you to pause and be like, could I choose something else? Um, and you want to make that list of activities or um, other things you could do ahead of time so you're not trying to do it in the moment. So that's one thing that works for some people. And another one is um, trying to do something else without taking away the food because food is comforting. So if you do something else while you're doing the food, while you're doing the food, while you're eating the food, um, you'll start to have you'll start to look at those other activities and not feel deprived. Like, oh yeah, I'm like taking a bath, but really I want the cookies. You know what I mean? You're gonna have the cookies and the bath. Do them yeah. together. Yeah, or the cookies then the bath, or a bath then the cookies. Yeah. <laughs> However you want it. How. <laughs> no judgment However, from us three. <laughs> I want them in the bath. That's what I'm going to do. So those are a couple, and that's n- definitely not exhaustive. Like, there's many different techniques you can try. Because the idea behind that, Lauren, is that eventually you would start to associate that same reward with the bath and not just the cookies. Right. That's the, right. That's the hopeful intended outcome, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this can take some practice and some trial and error. And that's why we have a whole section of almost exclusively worksheets in the emotional eating chapter of Balance 365 because it's so Mm person-specific. And it's like, what does this look like for you? Like, let's explore all the ways and try them and then see what works. There's also a big difference between um, eating for comfort sometimes and emotional eating as a way to numb and not feel, right? Like, and I think a lot yeah. of people find themselves in that pattern where they are using food to just be, distract themselves and numb and not have to feel the feelings um, that are bubbling up for them at the end of the day kind of thing. I feel like you were looking at me when you said that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I I do do that. I, I do... Feeling feelings is a lot of work. It is. I've learned to cry a lot. Like this year, I have really amped up the crying, but I find it really helps me process things. So sometimes when I feel like I could just dive headfirst into a big bag of ketchup chips, I, I actually just really need to call somebody or talk to my partner and cry and just say like, this is really hard for me right now and process it all. Yeah, which is one of the steps in the emotional eating workbook that like, what are you feeling? 
Like what what is it? Yeah. Like can we can we put a word on it? Is it sadness? Is it anger? Is it stress? Is it yeah. overwhelm? So I would is define it, like like comfort eating is like I wanna feel these feelings. So when I'm sick and I want a bowl of soup, it's like I wanna be closer to my grandma right now. And emotional eating would be more like I don't wanna feel anything right now. I don't wanna feel anything. I want to just taste this food and distract myself with this food kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or drink. Or drink, like a lot of people get into that. Yeah, like you have talked about this on the podcast, Annie, is that having a glass of wine or whatever might be some people's habit. I will share that um, I am, I have not had a drink in three weeks. Right. Just as a trial. Like I'm just kind of running my own little trial and error. Like let's just see what this looks like and take what works and leave what doesn't and reassess yeah the other thing too is uh, back to tracy mann's study is that you could let some time pass and see how you feel and see if you feel oh i'm fine that passed and i'm actually fine that's another strategy in the in our book too later like wait later like wait 15 minutes yeah if you still want to go eat it and then move on but you might find that you don't right yeah yeah but you know i think jen's point to circle back to the beginning though is um if you want a food that you would classify as a comfort food, you don't need to label it comfort comfort food just to eat it, just to allow yourself permission to eat it. You can eat it just period. Mm-hmm. That um, you don't need to like explain your food choices to us or anyone unless you really want to. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So in summary, the there might be some conflicting data on – comfort foods, the validity of them, if they really work. But I think we all can agree that there is some seems to be some sort of connection, whether it's the associations we make with the smells or the people that served us the food or where we were at in our stage of life or who we were with when we were consuming those foods that can help us feel connected and like we belonged and that we were cared for and loved. And if you find yourself engaging in um, eating comfort foods regularly and it's distracting from your goals, um, that there are some strategies to relearn those habits, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else you want to add before we pop off? No. No. <laughs> okay, me either. <laughs> Another awkward ending. <laughs> We're batting like 30 for 30. <laughs> Why break the streak now? <laughs> All right. Thanks, ladies. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by our online coaching course, Balance 365. If you're ready to say goodbye to quick fixes and false promises and yes to building healthy habits and a life you're 100% in love with, then check out our program at balance365.co to learn more.